Let It Be Us, a foster care and adoption podcast. My name is Ross Cochran, and I am so glad that you're here. On today's episode, we are talking about the relationships with the biological families that form through the foster care journey. And to help us do that, we are joined by Alex Montgomery and Rachel Hoyt. This is part of a conversation that I had with them that you can catch the rest of this conversation in a previous episode, and I really hope that you do. These are two fantastic parents, and today's episode is all about some of the practical steps and just little rules and things like that that you can do that if you are someone who is deeply concerned about this, and many of you are, these little tricks and tips and best practices might help you feel a little bit more equipped walking into how you manage this relationship with biological family members when you start the foster care process for your own journey. Alex gets us started. Thank you for listening. I will say it evolves, right? And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear a similar thing from Rachel that, you know, early on, um, we didn't have a, a prescribed communication kind of calendar that you sometimes get from an adoption agency. So um, I just sent messages um, twice a year initially. I wasn't getting a response at that point. We didn't really have a, a relationship early on. Um, but I also gave a letter to the birth mom and said, I'm not changing my phone number. I'm not changing my email. They will always be the same which is just true because that's the nerd that I am. It wasn't going to happen anyway. I was, you know, but I wanted to say that to say like, you can pick up in four, what my point was, you can pick up in four years and send me an email and I'm going to get it. Right. Um, you can call this number and it's going to be me. So that's sort of one, just, I am here. The door, this door is going to be open and this is a, a practical way. It's going to be open. And I'm going to send messages with twice a year, whether, whether I hear back or not. Um, I had her mother's um, address, so I sent a holiday card every year. I didn't hear back, but I sent a holiday card. Um, I did, in, another thing on the list is Facebook. My personal rule was um, I did get some Facebook requests from um, biological family members that I didn't know well, and that I felt like I, you know, my Facebook friends are my friends, and I felt like I either want to have an true relationship with you. I will answer any questions you have. I will send you photos. I will give you updates. But I kind of felt uncomfortable, especially early on with sort of the idea that they're going to watch but not interact with me. So that was sort of a rule that I had. That has changed because I've now have relationships with them. That was the difference. Yep. So I guess that's my shortcut of, of the practical tips is clear message that the door is open through you can always reach me these ways and that you reach out whether you hear back or not and then let that be what it's going to be because for a couple of years I didn't hear anything and now we visit each other two three times a year we're texting we're facetiming we're I talk to birth mom way more than my daughter does we're like buds so you know it is whatever it's going to be <laughs> Rachel how about for you yeah, so my always rule of thumb was, you know, when a child is first placed with me, I kind of take that pulse and that temperature of the caseworker um, of kind of where are the parents in their like, their initial um, 
reaction to all of this? Because obviously, I mean, all of the children that have come into my care, um, other than my one little emergency placement that was supposed to be weekend, um, all were brand new to the system. So their parents had just received a huge shock. There was a clearly a crisis that had occurred that caused their children to come into care. And there's a lot of emotions to work through. And a lot of them start with anger. And so um, I always wanted to initially like give just enough contact to reassure them without putting myself in some kind of risky situation and the child in some kind of risky situation. So typically that was some kind of letter, a notebook that would go back and forth with the child. Um, but as soon as possible, and luckily within a few, um, you know, within a few visits and with our, my caseworkers always kind of knowing what my history and background has been, um, they were always a lot more comfortable saying, okay, I think, I think they're calm enough now that they could probably handle having your phone number appropriately. And my thing about phone numbers, I know a lot of foster parents are really nervous to hand over their phone number, but honestly, I have a cell phone. It's not connected to my address, but frankly, anybody with a computer or computer access could find out where I live at any given time. Uh, we just live in that kind of age. So it was really just more about trust um, that, you know, I, with a cell phone and I would tell them, I would tell parents up front, I'm giving you my cell phone number. Just know that I won't always answer it. There will be times where I'm working, where I'm giving baby a bath, where I'm doing dinner. I'm not going to always answer it right away. That's just like, that's a thing I would tell them up front. But I always will answer as soon as I'm able. But I've never had anybody abuse the privilege of having my cell phone number. Um, and honestly, it's always been a great thing because even babies can hear their parents' voices and, um, you know, react to them. Even toddlers, like, I mean, now we're in the wonderful age of FaceTime and things like that. So toddlers love to see anybody's face on a cell phone for a few <laughs> minutes. Um and so, you know, that was always just really an opportunity to give them those little connections um, for them also to see me interact with their child. And while I'm sure that sometimes that caused some mixed feelings for them, for the most part, it's never been an issue. Um, and they've gotten to see that their kids are being well cared for and knowing that they kind of can text at any moment. Honestly, I feel like reassures them. And oftentimes they're not even reaching out as often as I think that they could. Um, because they don't want to abuse that privilege and um, because they're just not as anxious about it, honestly. You know, uh, like I'm just trying to think of any other really concrete ways. I mean, I think obviously gifts for major holidays are always a great place to um, show that you recognize them as a huge part of their kids' lives, which I've almost always done something photo related because who does not love photos of their kids? So photo books, photos on canvases, little photo albums, all of those things usually um, are just a big piece of that. Me too. Um, yeah. Photos. We do calendars now. It's all the calendars, photos. Calendars, Everybody, all the people. It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then honestly, um, actually, uh, with my kids who returned home, so I don't think I've gotten to say this yet, but they've been returned home six years now, six and a half years. They still are with us every other weekend. We see them every other weekend. They come to our house. Um, they actually still call me mama. Their mom is mommy and I'm mama, um, which is something we started actually very early on because they were a baby and a toddler when they okay. were with me. And we needed a way, you know, they just kind of organically started calling me mama. 
Miss um, Rachel would have been a mouthful for a baby and a toddler. Um, <laughs> and just kind of one of those things, like I never actually told them to, but because they're in daycare, people referred to me as mama, all those things. And so when they started saying it, I had this moment of panic of like, oh my God, what are we going to do here? And somebody, another foster parent was like, well, you are for all intents and purposes right now, their mom, their mama, but she's also their mom. And what do a lot of couples do if there's two moms in a household? One's a mom, one's a mommy, you know, like you just have a name that's your name. And so sure enough, we just consistently, I talked about it with their mom. I said, Hey, I wanted to let you know this is happening. You know, uh, the oldest is calling me mama, but I want you to know, I always call you mommy to them. And so I think that we should just, you should be mommy and I'll be mama and they'll figure it out. And she was, you know, understandably a little hesitant, but she's like, okay, let's, let's try it. And sure enough, within weeks, she was consistently calling us by the right name. She knew who was mama and who was mommy. Um, and to this day, it's actually pretty funny when we're in the same car because somebody in the backseat is yelling, mommy, mama. And we're both going, what? This episode of the podcast is made possible by the Let It Be Us Foster Care Placement Support Program. The program works with caseworkers, investigators, court-appointed special advocates, and licensed foster parents to connect licensed foster homes with waiting children and teens in foster care. Let It Be Us operates a database of licensed and open homes and also reaches additional licensed and available foster homes through targeted digital marketing tools. By joining the Let It Be Us registry of licensed and open homes, as well as following us on social media and via email, caseworkers and prospective parents will learn about agencies looking for licensed foster homes that meet the needs of a child or teen the agency is trying to place. Let It Be Us strives to create better outcomes for children in foster care, improve stability and permanency, and keep children safe and out of shelters. Learn more at letitbeus.org or via the links in today's show notes. Let It Be Us, a foster care and adoption podcast is made possible by the amazing team of experts at Let It Be Us. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more information about Let It Be Us and how you can help out kids in foster care today. This podcast is dedicated to the entire foster care community of parents, professionals, and donors who are doing everything they can to help kids in foster care across Illinois. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. The theme song for this podcast is Into Silence by Made to Be. And you also heard their song, You Know a Better Way. Thank you for being one of us. And thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon.